I don't know if you guys are have any sort of AI approach that you're using, if that's something you, you, know, you feel comfortable talking about. Our new lead gen agency that we're using are trying to implement some type of like AI chatbot because we do mostly Google ads. Like that's how we get most of our clients and we direct people to landing pages and stuff like that. And they're trying to set up like essentially like an AI assistant that chats with them and like qualifies them and asks them a little bit of like qualifying questions. Half to actually qualify and half because it just sounds cool and looks cool yeah like oh wow look how cool look how cool and forward thinking this company is these guys are very different than the promo company down the street or the sourcing agent in china hello and welcome to make it move it sell it on this podcast i talk with company leaders about how they're modernizing the business of making moving and selling products and having fun along the way I'm your host, Adam Honig, the CEO of Spiro.ai. We make amazing AI software for companies in the supply chain, but we're not talking about that today. Instead, today, we're talking to Isaac Hetzrani, the founder and CEO of a company called Imprint Genius. Welcome to the show, Isaac. Hey, Adam. Happy to be here. Yeah, great to see you. Hey, tell me a little bit about Imprint Genius. What are you guys all about? So we are a product sourcing and merchandising company. We work mostly in the enterprise swag space, and we help create supply chain solutions and product sourcing solutions for company merch. Gotcha. And so what's the problem that you're solving for your customers? The industry as a whole is pretty archaic, right? And it's pretty traditional. You have a whole industry built on domestic decorators who warehouse millions and millions of items. And then the items are decorated when they're ordered and then shipped out. Nowadays, you have a very diverse global supply chain that you're able to go and leverage to get higher quality, lower cost items. And then you have this $25 billion a year industry in the US where almost no one is going direct to factory. Everyone's going through these traditional vendors. And on top of that, the entire, you know, distribution system is also messed up. So after they go and use these domestic vendors, you know, the large companies are then going and putting millions of dollars of items into inventory. And the inventory sits there. It becomes no longer trendy. The logos change. People then get to pick from 10 different boring items because they can't take risk because, you know, that HR director has to go through and pick items that are going to work for the whole company. And then everyone ends up with swag they don't want. That's overpriced. And I'm not that creative. I think that is a pretty bad way to manage a supply chain. So I started my company about seven years ago to try to fix that. And my background is in manufacturing. Both sides of my family own factories, apparel factory on my mom's side. And my dad owns an electronics factory in China. So once I kind of fell into this industry by accident, I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, this is ridiculous. So we have customers who like sell branded swag with their own company name and they give it out to their employees as well. And it's a nightmare to keep all of that. I mean, think about the sizes and all the different variables that go into that. That's got to be a big problem for companies. It is, right? So you're never going to have enough, like you either have too many extra smalls or not enough. You have to have this huge size variety. People want different cuts. They want different items. And some people are hat people. Some people want long sleeves. Some people would rather one high-end polo versus two regular polos. So that's why we're really leaning on on demand and that technology. We built our own custom app to run our entire swag stores without the need of inventory. Now, we support inventory because there are benefits to inventory in certain capacities, but the idea is that you know 90% of items that are going to be within a company merch store and distributed are going to be printed as they're ordered. So all those, that triple XL t-shirt or that 
shirt in pink that only one girl really wants but really needs, that's going to be produced as it's ordered, right? And we can do all these decoration methods. We have a unique supply chain, so we can take any of those 100,000 items, ship to the facility, decorate on demand, put everything together, and then ship it globally. We think that's a way better method because you have way less waste, and you can give people way more variety, then people don't have to collect sizes. You know, you have all these marketing directors going and they're like spending their whole day trying to collect everyone's sizes for their kickball tournament or whatever it is. And that person gets paid $100 an hour and they're, you know, wasting their time. I wonder if it's actually an HR issue. Oh, we're going to have a database of everybody's shirt size in the company. That seems kind of weird. I don't know if uh, HR policies are going to allow for that. (laughs) It is weird. People, you don't want to have to ask like, hey, what what size are you? Oh, oh, you're a triple XL. And what if it changes or something like that? Yeah, that's totally weird. Now, Now, if I think about manufacturing, of course, the reason why the traditional approach was to, you know, buy in bulk is to get the cost down. How does the cost compare for doing this individually instead of like buying a thousand, you know, large T-shirts or something like that? Yeah, Adam, that's a great question. You sound like everyone that hops on a demo with us. Uh, they ask that question as well. And the answer is that it depends on the item, right? So if we're comparing it and we're like producing water bottles, like, yeah, there's going to be a decent discrepancy in price point if we're creating one water bottle on demand versus going and producing a thousand overseas especially right but if we're comparing it to let's say a higher end item which is a lot of what we do now like a nike polo or north face jacket all these other products the cost basis is almost identical uh, because you have such a high unit cost and then your decoration cost is really a smaller variable within that space so because that's the case, we can essentially run at the same exact price and uh, without having to go and take the inventory on it. And then when you're looking at lower cost items, let's say like a t-shirt, there's a couple variables that people don't really think about, right? So when you go and have to go and make a thousand t-shirts versus doing them on demand, you're going to have a ton of excess normally, right? So you have a bunch of extra, extra smalls and extra units that people don't end up using. So that can create some level of waste. Um, you're going to have a bunch of people who never wanted the t-shirt in the first place, don't need the t-shirt, right? And now they're not ordering it at all. And then tons of those t-shirts are going to end up in the trash anyway, because no one wanted that t-shirt, right? But in comparison, it might be about 20% more to do it on demand. So yes, it might cost you 20% more, but you might then save 25%, 30% overall on the project without having to now take inventory and collect sizes and do all these things. I see. So it's sort of like the total expenditure is going to be about the same, even if the unit cost might be higher. Exactly. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. You mentioned something earlier like, oh, you know, the somebody doesn't want a T-shirt. I feel like a lot of people don't want T-shirts today. Like that's from like a trade show perspective or stuff like that. It's just not a very popular item anymore. What do you what do you see as sort of the hot items that people really do want? Technology is obviously becoming a big one. We see a lot more uh, drinkware is probably the biggest category within the industry right now. Like uh, like like Yeti type water oh, bottles, I see. like a cooler know. or something like that. Like just a nice premium, you know, stainless steel cup bottle. It's just been kind of a swell. Really blew up that whole industry. It's now gone to the promo space, and that's probably the biggest one. But people really just want choice. Like everyone's different, right? Some people love t-shirts. Some people would rather a hat, a long sleeve. So we have drones that we can do on demand. We have speakers. We have things like Apple AirPods. So now we have alcohol as well, custom alcohol, custom plants. People come logos on plants, right? All these different 
product types that a uh, normal marketing director, if they were doing inventory, they're like, we can't go and inventory a thousand plants. Like, are you crazy? Like, how are we ever going to do that, right? But now with on-demand technology and using, like, these kinds of systems, now, yeah, hell yeah, we can offer custom plants to people. If the custom plant's the same amount as a Nike polo, cool, let the person get the custom plant. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. I do have a question because when I think about what you're describing, you have to manage such a wide variety of items, you know, in your own supply chain. Tell me a little bit about how you guys handle that. Yeah, so what we did is we built our own order management software and we integrated it into the APIs of some of the top uh, blank apparel suppliers in the industry, uh, as well as a couple other smaller suppliers. And then our app is cross-referencing the inventory levels across all the products. So the items are getting marked in stock, out of stock on the stores. And the idea is that the stores have hundreds or thousands of items on them for people to choose from. So if one one item goes out of stock, there's going to be alternatives already there for people to choose from. It removes the burden from us to manage the whole supply chain piece. Um, And then we also uh, mix in inventory solutions as well. So like every employee still needs to get their starter t-shirt or the new hire kit or all these different other pieces. Yeah, we'll inventory that, but let's not inventory everything. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you find like you have clients who are interested in sourcing with certain constraints like ethical sourcing or sourcing in various countries and stuff like that? How does that work for you guys? Yeah, for sure. And that's where like we have a whole product sourcing division. We work with e-commerce brands as well. And we're able to use our diverse supply chain to make way more sustainable products, make full custom items. And then we also talk about from a sustainability perspective, uh, we really sell this as a sustainable solution as well, because we understand that the biggest waste within promotional products is not necessarily the fact that the bag that you made is made out of non-recycled material, right? It's the fact that that bag is ugly as hell. And the person who got it threw it away right away and ended up in a landfill, right? So the biggest issue is the fact that people don't have choice, right? How many times do you order something on Amazon and immediately throw it away, right? Versus something that you got at a trade show, you immediately throw it away. So if you flip the script and you say, hey, you know what? Yeah, it'd be great if the item's recycled. But if the backpack is made out of pure oil, but you wear it for the next 10 years, well, that's way more sustainable, right? Than your hemp bag that, falls apart. And <laughs> right, right, right. So if you give somebody something that's completely 100% recyclable, but they never use it, what's the point? So it's interesting. So it's also design as a sustainability concept, right? Like if we're making beautiful things that people really want, that's much better for the environment than almost anything. 100%. And we're adding all these different trackability pieces as well. So it's integrated into the CRMs, into your different software so you can actually get analytics and see from this specific campaign how many people then converted into it so you have more visibility into like the entire system of merchandise and swag before it was like okay we're just gonna produce a bunch of stuff and we're gonna hope people are gonna keep it the swag is gonna convert and work now there's more and more opportunity for this to be like an intelligent way of marketing and you know making sure that all this stuff that is being produced is actually creating a positive impact in the business. It's not just ending up in landfills. You know, one of the things that I've been reading a lot about is sort of the paradox of choice, though, that when you give people more options, somehow they feel dissatisfied with what the results are. You know, what's your take on that as an advocate for choice? Yeah, I'd say that it's still better than them only having to pick from 
a boring mug and a polo that doesn't fit giving people the choice is still positive in that perspective and then we also we create like um solutions where people can pick from let's say 20 items right and there's like one plant one polo one gift card one pair of airpods whatever it is it reduces the choice it reduces like all that kind of headache and noise around it but still makes people like pick what they want it's funny you mentioned the the corporate mug thing there's a diner near me that's called the ugly mug and if you bring in like an ugly corporate mug you get free coffee for that because that's just like their thing yeah and you would see you wouldn't believe how terrible some of the designs are i mean you would probably believe it but most people you know when they look at that stuff they're like i can't believe anybody ever bothered printing this stuff oh it's ridiculous like our old logo is actually a broken pen like we were like just so against all these boring, boring solutions to swag. So what's like kind of the craziest thing? Plants are pretty crazy. I mean, in Massachusetts, where I am, you know, we've legalized marijuana. So I guess we could give uh, branded marijuana plants out here somehow. But what what are other crazy things that you're seeing in, in this space? I'm trying to think. I mean, there's suppliers that all they do is custom like marijuana related paraphernalia and stuff. I think the tech side is getting awesome. Like, there's just really cool tech gadgets. Like I said, like, we're doing selfie drones with, like, full-color imprints and really fun things on there. But that's that's one of the issues with the industry is, like, people are really scared to do crazy, unique products because, for the most part, the whole industry still works on the, we take a ton of inventory and then we have to then sell it through the distributors. So what we try to do is find really cool products that are within, like, the retail space source those directly from find the factories and then produce those directly with the factories it's a win-win for our customers because you're getting like a really unique product and that's actually how our company started our company started with me in college bringing those little cell phone fans that you've you've seen that like plug into your phone i brought one of those i brought one of those to a party and a bunch of people came up to me and like sorority girls and they're like oh my god where'd you get that i need that for rush blah 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 and i'm like oh like you can buy them on like alibaba whatever aliexpress and then eventually I was like, yeah, okay, I sell them. Like, I, I, so I made up a business on the spot just selling these cell phone fans. Then they blew up into like a full-scale cell phone fan business, with like e-commerce, different reps around different campuses, all this stuff. And then we started selling the fans as a promo item. We started getting requests as a promo item. And people had never seen this item in the industry because the industry was like so scared to do this kind of item because it was so unique. And that's how I like dived into the promo industry. It was like, it was just the fact that the items were so boring and I found the direct source to like a cool product and a cool new way that for people to put their branding on stuff. And that's how I'm like here today <laughs> running my business. Gotcha. So what, what I'm hearing from that story is that, you know, for our customers and people listening to the podcast who are like in a business, not to be afraid to try to kind of branch out with new things because that level of excitement can really just lead you into whole new areas of business. That's kind of what happened to you. hundred percent. Yeah. You got to have fun with it, you know, have fun with it. Break some rules, get creative. Yeah, you never know what happens. Yeah, yeah. So you're working with all of these different suppliers. You're getting a sense for what's going on. You know, from a customer perspective, what do you find challenging about acquiring new customers for your business? I mean, we do a lot of Google ads and stuff like that. And that's how we like get a lot of our customers, right? So it's intent driven, which is nice. But customers, it can be tricky. So like, 
a lot of times people already have existing vendors. They already have ways of doing things. They don't understand that they can go to full on demand. They don't understand that you can go direct to factories and source directly. Like they're like, oh, it's just how we do things. Like you go through the vendors and this and that. I've always worked with the print shop down the street, you know, for the past 30 years or whatever, right? That kind of exactly. concern. All of our swags in our closet here, like in the office. What do you mean? Like, so that can be tricky. And then they have the relationships it's like, oh, well, it's my. Like, they don't say this, but it's like, oh, it's their, like, brother-in-law's swag business, right? And, like, they don't want to – they want to keep on working with their brother-in-law, and it doesn't matter how great your tech is. So that can be a little of a headache, and that's why we really went in on, like, the technology side of things. Or we realized we couldn't sell just on product. We had to sell a technology solution to break into these larger organizations. And I know we were chatting a little bit about this before we went on air, but you were telling me that you're trying to use AI to help you with this as well. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, like, so the lead gen agency that we use, like, they're setting up, like, an AI so that when people fill out, like, a lead form, uh, an AI will start texting the person and start asking them more qualifying questions, telling them more about the business. And, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I think it's, like, half, yeah, might qualify people better, but we already have qualifiers, so, like, doesn't really matter but it also is kind of fun it's kind of cool i think it's gonna make us look like super techie and innovative so i think it will lead to more conversions and more people working with us because it's like wow these guys are so advanced they have an ai chatbot talking to me it's all right cool yeah yeah you never know i I wonder how you know ai will be embedded in the swag in the future like are you going to be offering like a ai branded something as a corporate giveaway in the future i wonder how that would work yeah i mean we played we played around with that a bunch where we were working with this one ai company and we were trying to create a campaign with essentially it's like i can't say but it was like a show on netflix and showing about like the future of ai and it would AI would auto-generate a t-shirt and then we'd print those on demand. We never launched a campaign, but it was kind of cool. Like thinking about like every shirt's unique and then kind of playing around with that. And I also saw another promo company recently I was I was looking through and they had like a swag idea generator. So they like used AI to like help you put in a couple of different fields and it would like give you random ideas for like what kind of swag you could do for your brand. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the image generation stuff is so cool. But I know when I've tried to get it to do like logos and stuff like that, it just gets kind of crazy. You know, I don't feel like it's quite there for that yet. You know, but if you wanted to make a picture of a monkey or something like that, it does that really great? Yeah, I don't know if we're going to use that just yet. I don't know if the uh, AI drawings are going to pass the design and marketing team's approvals yet. Yeah, probably not. They get a little too crazy and, you know, they add like too many fingers to hands and stuff like that. But we'll see. But I think, you know, having AI, you know, like within the the way to acquire customers is definitely something that we're seeing as a trend, you know, in the supply chain. A lot of companies are experimenting with that today. 100%. Cool. Well, listen, Isaac, this has been awesome. So great to have you on the podcast. Really appreciate your coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me, Adam. Yeah. As a reminder, you can find every episode of the Make It, Move It, Sell It podcast at spear.ai backslash podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and give us a great review. And maybe, Isaac, just before we go, tell people how they can get a hold of you and, and learn more about your company. Yeah, you can check us out at imprintgenius.com. You can get a hold of me at thesourcingguy.com, which is kind of like my personal brand where I talk about supply chain and do supply chain education. But yeah, hit us up. Happy to help with any uh, merch-related needs. Awesome. Well, listen, thanks to everybody for tuning in, and we're looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. Bye.